blood. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Today we're going to be talking about Hannah. We're going to be talking about Hannah. In 1 Samuel, the first chapter, the first eight verses, I will read into your hearing. Now there was a certain man of Ramatha M. Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts, in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. And her adversary, that's Miss Penina, also provoked her relentlessly to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when he went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? Hannah. Her name means grace and favor. Hannah was in a situation that in days like these, we would call it a polygamous relationship. She was married to a man by the name of Elkanah, who went up every year 
to the Lord's temple in Shiloh. Elkanah was married to Penina and to Hannah. That's why I say she was in a situation. Some of y'all may be in a situation today that does not glorify God. But I pray that what we will learn here is that God loves you in spite of your situation. God hates sin, but he loves people. Hannah was in a polygamous relationship. And she was constantly being badgered all of the time by Panana. And the reason that Panana decided to badger Hannah is because Panina had sons and she had daughters. When she looked at Hannah, whose womb the Lord had shut up, she tormented and said bad things. And she was relentless in her attacking of Hannah. To make Hannah feel as though her goal as a woman would never be reached because she couldn't have children. See, that's what it was all about at that particular time. Back in the day, now whether it's Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah, the mother of John Baptist, Elizabeth had a reproach on her life. Reproach meaning that they talked about her, they scratched their head, they wondered what is wrong with Elizabeth. She's a woman and she does not have no children. And not only that, she's well up stricken in years and have not produced. Now you got to remember, God gave the woman a womb to carry a child. Hannah had a womb, but the Lord had shut it up. So Panana was relentless in her attacking and belittling Hannah. Now, the first thing I want us to take a look at is the fact that Hannah, even though the situation that she found herself in, she was a woman that had faith. In God, She knew some way and somehow that God was going to turn her situation around. Anybody in here? I want to call your attention to verse 7 that I just read. But as he did, talking about Elkanah, as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she, Penina, provoked her, Hannah, therefore Hannah wept. And did not eat. Now you notice. Hannah. Kept the faith. She went every year. To Shiloh. To ask God. To open up her womb. Maybe there's something you need for God. To open up for you today. Because he's the same yesterday. Today. And forever. But she was faithful. Even though she was in a situation, she was faithful to the Lord. 
And she went up every year. Now, can you imagine every year she went up? And after the time of going up was over, she went back to her house with her husband and her other wife. To Rama. Only to be heckled for a whole nother year. Nah, 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 nah. You can't do nothing. You can't have no child. Your womb shut up. You ain't, you ain't half a woman. I mean, just belittling her. Hannah kept on crying. But not only was she crying tears, she was crying out to God. And so she was a woman of great faith. Something else was going on good with Hannah in the midst of her situation. She was a praying woman. Now, you got to understand, she was agonizing because she wanted a child. We living in days right now where folk don't want their children. Huh? Talk to me up in here. Hannah was praying, didn't have no child. Now we got some folk that have children and don't want them. Here we got a woman whose womb was shut up. She wanted God to open it up within her marital relationship so that she could have a child. But in days like these, we have people that have children and don't want them. God have mercy upon this generation. Hannah stands in stark contrast to women, some women in these days. She prayed from year to year. She kept the faith. God, I know you're going to do it. God, I'm asking you to do it. And, and every time I come here every year and I leave, a whole nother year goes by and I have to deal with old raggedy mouth banana. So, Lord, help. You know, God can take away your embarrassment. Come on, talk to me up in here. Anybody in here the Lord has helped? Is there anybody in here that the Lord has done anything for? He can take away your reproach. But not only did Hannah have faith, Hannah did the obvious. She prayed. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. So Hannah rose up. After they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk, now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she, Hannah, was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept bitterly. Now, Hannah wasn't no cute woman at no prayer meeting with every hair in place. Hannah had bitterness of soul. See, when you go going after God and you're chasing after God and you need God to open that door for you ain't no time to be cute huh you, you got to get ugly baby you got to get down to the bone she wept bitterly her soul was in turmoil because listen we need to understand the power of prayer in days like these. If you pray, you say. And if you pray and say, then you don't turn loose until you are confirmed that the blessing is on the way. Can I get a witness in here? 
You remember Jacob? You remember Jacob over there? When Jacob wrestled with the angel, for how long? All night long. Jacob wrestled with that angel all night long. All night. All night long. All night. And you know what Jacob said? I ain't turning you loose until you bless me. You know what Hannah said in her action? I'm not turning you loose until you bless me. Uh, until you confirm to me that you're going to do what I'm petitioning you to do. Hannah was a praying woman. And she agonized in prayer. And she, in essence, was telling God, I'm not turning you loose until you bless me. Mm -hmm. She agonized in prayer and bitterness of soul. Her womb needed a seed, and God needed a servant. Let me say that to you again. Her womb, she didn't feel like a woman because she had a womb that couldn't produce. So this is saying in rebuke of this generation, every woman ought to want to have at least a child so she can feel very, within the marriage relationship, so she can feel womanly. I ain't getting one amen. Oh, I got the revelation. You want to stay a 10. I just came, just, just done. No, I ain't, I, I'm not the brightest guy in the building, but that just came to me. I ain't getting all whipped out of shape for no baby. Huh? I ain't having my stomach open the door. But Hannah chased after God. Every year, the same thing. Every year, the same thing. See, you need to keep on praying until your soul is no longer bitter. You need to keep on calling out to God until you believe with all your heart, he heard me. And he's going to do something about what I carried to him. So Hannah... In her thinking apparatuses, she was a woman of faith because she came every year. She was a woman of prayer because she prayed. But what really turned God's heart toward Hannah was that Hannah was willing to make a vow. See, we're living in a time right now, oh, bless me, Lord, but I ain't coming back to church. I need that light bill and that mortgage paid. But I'm robbing you on the tithe because I ain't got the money. Hannah not only had faith, not only had a strong prayer life, but Hannah was a woman of integrity. She knew that she told God something, that she was going to do it. In verses 11 and 12, and she vowed a vow. She did what? She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, that Lord of hosts is the Lord of Sabaoth, the God who rules the armies of heaven. O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, 
and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a male child. You got that? Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. He'll be a Nazarite. He won't be a drunkard. He won't drink no wine. And his head won't be shaved because the locks of his hair will grow out showing that he's moving on with God. But notice this. Hannah was specific in the vow that she made. She didn't say just give me a child. She said no, 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 no. I need a male child. I, I want a boy. Now I'm not a woman but they tell me when a woman is pregnant with a girl Everybody know it because the girl is up high in the belly. But if it's a boy, he's dragging you down. He's down low. Hannah was specific in her prayer. If you pray for a Cadillac and you get a Volkswagen, don't come up here to testify. You didn't get your prayer answered. Uh, what you did, you settled for what came which was less than the best. So Hannah made a specific request. If you give me a male child, I will give that child back to you. I will lend him back to you all the days of his life. And not only that, no razor will come upon his head because I'm going to raise him as a godly little boy. Huh? How many parents? How many parents? have never brought their children and dedicated them to the Lord. Now they're old and rusty, and now you want to give them to the Lord. That oak tree is strong and well-bent. It ain't going to bend. It's well-grown. You have to bend the sapling while it is young. So she said, you give me this child, and I'll give him back to you. And see, the problem with a lot of our children now is that they've never been given to the Lord. We got them. That's why when they get on our last nerve, we throw them out. Well, he's 40, he should have been gone. It's very important, parents, that we give our children to the Lord when they show up. But look at the vow. You give me this child, I'm going to give this child back to you all the days of his life. In verse 12, and it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli observed her mouth. Now Hannah, she spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. And Eli said unto her, now, now wait a minute. Here Eli is. He got the audacity to think that she's drunk. But he got two boys. One boy's name Hophni. The other boy's name Phinehas. Hophni and Phinehas were Eli's two sons. They were ungodly boys. They did not serve God. Now, I want you to see on both ends of the spectrum. You have Hannah married to a polygamist. But she comes every year 
trust in God that he's going to make a way for her. You got Eli, the high priest up in Shiloh, who has two boys, Hophni and Phinehas. And notice how the Holy Ghost put it there in the latter portion of verse 3. Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. Now, wait a minute. God is getting ready to send Hannah's seed back to live with Eli in the middle of Hophni and Phinehas. So Eli is going to be thrown into a situation from a little boy where Hannah was thrown into a situation as a grown woman. So that tells me this. No matter what situation you are in today, God got a way out for you. And God will allow you to live in a messed up situation. And the question will be raised, can any good thing come out of Stoner Hill? God got your back. You still here? So this vow was a commitment that Hannah made that I'll give the child back to you. Verses 13 through 18. Now Hannah, she spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be intoxicated? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid as a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I been speaking. Then Elijah Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Why was she no more sad? Listen, Eli, listen, had Hophni and Phinehas, two no good boys. He was the high priest in Shiloh. He said to Hannah, woman, you drunk. That tells me then that even sometimes in high places, people don't necessarily know what God is doing. So her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Okay? Which tells us ain't no such thing as a silent prayer. So what's getting ready to happen is that the vow has been made. The commitment has been made. She has explained herself to Eli. Now Eli, man of God, two messed up boys, pronounces a blessing on Hannah. And the Bible says that she was no more sad. Her countenance had lifted up. Why? Because even though he had a messed up family, his anointing wasn't messed up. The worst thing you can do is get involved in the preacher's business. Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. So when Eli announced that God's blessings would be upon her, that lifted her out of that stupor 
or being saddened and to put a smile on her face because, listen, in days like those when a man of God spoke, things happened. And she was no more sad. She had faith. She was a praying woman and she made a vow. And she was determined that she was not going to turn back on that vow. Now, if you take a look in verse 19, we're going to read on through to show you that Hannah not only was a woman of faith and prayer, and she made a vow or a commitment to the Lord, she kept her commitment. In verse 19, and they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. And the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child is weaned, and then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. For how long? And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth to thee good. Tarry until thou hast weaned him. Only the Lord established his word. So the woman abode and nursed her son until she weaned him. Now here she breastfed him to make sure that he got all the nutrients and everything that he needed. Because once she took him to Shiloh, she was going to drop him off. And he would be raised in the presence of the Lord in the temple at Shiloh. What a mother's desire. What a mother's request. Fast forward to the days we are now living in. Mothers don't bring their children to choir rehearsal. They don't bring them to Sunday school. As a matter of fact, they don't even introduce them to the Lord. But they're going to spend all they got in their pocket for a botillion. For somebody to get involved in a sorority. But no bringing the child to the Lord. Let that soak in for a minute. Abraham Lincoln that these folk being talked about in Thomas Jefferson cannot help your child in a dilemma out there. And I wonder how many parents are giving their children back to the Lord and raising them in the church. So Hannah, just her life rebukes Almost this whole generation. Thank God for those of you that do. But you got to realize God gave us children to give them back to him. Not to keep them for ourselves. I was talking to a guy that I was raised up with. Matter of fact, he's one of my kinfolk. Talking to him about three weeks ago at Home Depot. I invited him to come to Greenwood Acres of Fellowship because he told me he wasn't going to church nowhere. And I say, why not? And this is what he said. He said, because when I was a child... My mother made us go to church. And I said then, if I ever, as I grow up and get grown and ever have children, I never make them go to church and I ain't going to church. How can you make a pact like that with the devil? 
But here Hannah wanted her child to be raised in the temple at Shiloh. We got parents today, children in their house. The parent come to church, leave the child at home, and go and bless them with a reward and fry them some fried chicken. Huh? You're rewarding something you shouldn't be. Parents just get up and they go to church. The child doesn't. No requirement on the child. So what you raising the child for? Kettle Perry School? Children need the Lord. People need the Lord. Still here? So she weaned him. And another thing right here. uh, In verse 22, but Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child is weaned. And then I will bring him, that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. Now right here, I say that Hannah took her life back. She took authority in her own life and she told her husband, I'll bring Samuel up after he's weaned. And what I like about Elkanah is that he respected that. There are some women that have no voice at their house. They're married to an Archie Archie bunk bunker. And she like eat it. Yes, Archie. Yes, Archie. Yes, Archie. <laughs> Running all over the place. It's bad when men disrespect women. And it's even worse when women disrespect themselves. You got a house. You got a son. Your son shacking in the back of your house. Hannah took her life back. She said, I'll bring Samuel, sweetheart, after I would have weaned him so that even if he doesn't get fed on time, he'll have the strength that will sustain him until the meal comes. Because when I bring him to Shiloh, to Eli, at the temple, he's not coming back home with me ever. What a commitment. What a heart toward God to want her seed to be blessed and in the house. What a blessing. What a mindset. But no, in days like these, you know what parents tell their children? No, you're not going to choir rehearsal. No, you're not going to church. And they punish the child for something the child did at Cattle Parish or didn't do. You're not going to church. You understand me? You're not going to church. What kind of parent are you? You Wait a minute. Whose side are you working for? Now the question is, will I do his will and There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. I was at a home 
the power and the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. Hello, this is Bishop Carwell. And this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before. And you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Now I see.